Hi, welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Lauren Goodall. I'm a clinical psychologist, and I've spent over two decades working with people, mostly in private practice settings. My specialty is mood disorders. That would be depression, anxiety, bipolar, and pretty much every division in between there. Um, My other specialty is differential diagnosis. And probably the best way to describe that is from a medical standpoint. So for instance, if you have the symptom of a headache, it could be due to high blood pressure. If you have the symptom of a headache, it could also be due to high blood sugar. And if you have the symptom of a headache, it can also be due to a brain tumor. Well, psychology is very similar in the sense that you can have a symptom but it could be for several different diagnoses. So my job has always been to find the best diagnoses uh, or the most accurate diagnoses so that treatment can be most effective. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my work history. In my early years, I worked in a private psychiatric hospital working with children, adolescents, and adults. I've also done a great deal of psychological testing I've also worked for behavioral health care agencies doing what we call utilization review. And what that is, is basically reviewing charts of clients and looking at their diagnoses. And I call it kind of the garbage can cleaners. I go in and say, okay, in what way is this diagnosis similar to this or different than this? And just start cleaning up the diagnosis and making sure that the treatment is aligned. I've also done large group supervision. I have testified in court and I've also uh, published and my book is Bipolar is Not an STD and it's available at Amazon. And I'm going to be using that book and taking excerpts from that book um, as we go through um, the podcast segments. Uh, My goal with the podcast is educational, informational. Um, The disclaimer is it's not a substitute for treatment or not a substitute for therapy. Um, Oftentimes, uh, what I think is important is people finding ways to get better faster. And if that means finding a question that you can ask your provider or just asking better questions in general, um, I just think might help get you to a better space faster. Um, And I don't believe in coincidences in the sense that, um, you know, perhaps you found this podcast for a reason. It may not be for you personally, but it might be for somebody close to you. Um, So with that in mind, um, I'm going to also talk a little bit Uh, Well, let's see. Uh, What's important in terms of being a psychologist? I think there's certain uh, prerequisites. One of them is to have a level of empathy, basic empathy, and basic regard for the human condition. Um, Before I take an excerpt from my book, I'm going to say that I think I've been really grateful to the people that I've worked with, to the clients I've worked with. Um, 
and they've carried heavy. And by carrying heavy, I mean whether that's tough kid equation, tough family equation, tough relationship equation, or just a tough job equation. Um, people with mood disorders um, can be very successful. Okay, so across the professional uh, line, you will see uh, many successful people. What pains me the most, though, is when people are not getting better and they may be missing a piece or two. And um, so that's why I think reviewing aspects of mood disorders or personality disorders is important. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to be pulling some excerpts from my book about you. You probably haven't had the easiest life, and you may be wondering if life is really worth putting effort into. Maybe you have been repeatedly let down by another person. Maybe you just want to have a relationship, but all you find is a relationship with relationships, as in plural, not what you had in mind. Maybe you battle against depression. Maybe it's anxiety that you're trying to fight. Maybe you get angry. Maybe you battle drugs. Maybe your biggest battle is within yourself. Um, my starting point in psychology was an ending. And I think in order to be good in the field of psychology, you have to have something somewhere around you uh, for an awareness and experience space. Um, I, I think it's just uh, how you cut your teeth, so to speak. Quote, when you get to the hospital, the emergency staff is awkward because they know that your person is dead. They just transport the body and inform the family when they arrive. I bolted into that room to try attending to someone who couldn't be attended to, to try to talk to someone who couldn't be talked to. Me and my nightmare of loss, which haunted me for most of my life, was being alone in that room with a dead, going cold body that I could not fix. The person I counted on was a big person with an unfortunately big addiction. I hung over a dead body trying to make some kind of desperate plea deal that could not be made. I don't know who had, and this is figuratively speaking, more demons at the time, him or me. However, it's hard to avoid inner demons. Demons aren't hard to acquire. Demons of comparison, demons of less than, and demons of being completely alone. When you have something to prove to yourself, you work all the time. So that's what I did. In order to be any good at working in the field of psychology, I had to have some basis of understanding hell. That was not hard to come by. Um, I'm going to take this quote from Randall Wallace, the movie Secretariat, Making of a Champion. Life is about finding how far you can go, how fast you can run, and you never know until you try until you run. All right. I'm going to talk about um, the field of psychology and what it entails. It is about examining thoughts, emotion, motivation, behavior. Um, all of these pieces are intertwined. But what I will say is these are not independent actors. They are connected. They are interconnected. By that, I will say that you will not find a person who is feeling sad with positive thoughts. You won't see that misalignment, okay? Um, 
the thoughts and the emotion will line up. Uh, and in a lot of times it will help you understand the behavior behind it. Um, out in you know uh, the book departments there's so much about changing your thinking if you change your thinking you can change your responses well that is true um, but that's not the whole paradigm um, there's also a biological piece involved and that's the brain and the brain and the and the brain provides the infrastructure okay and what we look at uh, with the brain is a lot of electrical influences, chemical influences, and hormonal influences, um, and genetic influences. And we also have to add the environment and environmental stressors in that equation. So if you are one of those people that think a psychologist just sits down and talks to people, it's a bit more complicated than that. You do have to understand what the infrastructure looks like, how it runs, and what are some of the influences that are going to be involved. I'm also going to talk a little bit about what are some themes in psychology, okay? There's grief and loss, and people say, okay, that means about somebody dying. Um, yes and no, not necessarily, okay? Uh, grief can be about a person who's trying to achieve something and they're never quite able to do it or they have uh, stumbling blocks that kind of roll into the equation. So uh, not all grief and loss is about death. Um, I use a what I call an ANT, an acronym ANT, A-N-T, uh, and what that stands for is attachment, neglect, and trauma. Attachment is about a child's ability to feel safe in their environment, the anticipation of security and mattering, you know, um, and feeling emotionally attended to. Attachment develops your sense of trust or mistrust in the world and is a lifelong paradigm uh, that gets addressed in psychology because it is that critical. Um, neglect is uh, neglect. I think I'll leave it at that. And trauma, I think I'll let trauma speak for itself as well. People also come into treatment for relationship issues or what I call short end of the stick relationship issues. Um, you may be that person who feels like you're the supportive person and you're the person who gets to carry an equation. Um, and by an equation, the psych... The field of psychology, for instance, if, if something tough happens to you, okay, that doesn't mean um, that's going to be the piece that ends up affecting you the rest of your life. Not necessarily. People go through all sorts of tough equations, and it doesn't mean they are broken down by the experience. So I always say, look at factor loadings, and that's a statistical term. Factor loadings are what weight something has. So just because somebody went through a divorce when they were young, uh, their parents went through a divorce, doesn't mean they're always going to be uh, crippled by that factor, factor or just a better word might just be um, encumbered by that factor. So just don't assume that if you find a piece, that that is the piece to act on, to work with a person on. And that's for 
any person who wants to do therapy, don't assume because you have an area that that is the area that you need to focus in on. No, not necessarily. Um, so it, it, what's more important is the weight and the factor loading of the equation, the psychological variables that are making up the equation. Um, and so, as I said, look at, I look at psychology a bit like a math equation as well. Um, there will always be family relationships, friendship equations, and social acquaintance factors. So that's also important. Um, but these are the basics behind psychology, what the themes are, why people come in. Um, and one of the things that really motivated me in terms of my writing were stereotypes. Stereotypes about mental health. And these go back generations. You know, if you go to get uh, a medical history and you go to the doctor, they ask you, you know, all about who had cardiovascular disease, who had diabetes, all sorts of medical uh, questions, and people have no problem identifying that. It is not uncommon when you try to do a psychological history that you don't get much. You get very little feedback. And it's not necessarily that the people are lying. It's that people didn't do treatment, you know. Um, they didn't di get diagnosed with depression. They didn't get diagnosed with anxiety. They didn't get diagnosed with bipolar. Um, so from that vantage point, you know, you can't count on uh, a reliable mental health history. Um, in many ways, I see mental health as medical. And, um, and I go to describe that in the book. Um, for all of those pieces and uh, genetic influence as well. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why I think mental health should be treated as medical um, without the stereotype because there are a huge amount of people that are very successful uh, and work through these conditions and get better from these conditions. Um, just as much as a person who's a diabetic, you know, can function, can work, and carry professional jobs. So um, I'm very much interested in breaking stereotypes. Um, they really haven't helped us come along. Um, if anything, they have helped people hide in, uh, in, you know, masking symptoms and developing, you know, less than adequate coping strategies, substance abuse, alcoholism. Um, it's all been done before. Um, so with current, I, I'd say much more current awareness, um, that's out there now, um, I choose to say, hey, you know, mental health is real uh, and it needs to be treated in an effective way, um, just like any other medical condition. So um, with that, I'm going to talk about, um, well, let's see if I want to add this other piece. Basically, that I'm interested in looking at the psychological equation and the biological equation, as well as any environmental pieces, okay? Um, and there are agendas, agendas behind labels. I, I for one, am not um, a fan of labels per se. I will discuss it with the clients and say, hey, I don't really care what we call this. It just matters that you start to feel better. That's it. That's the bottom line. 
Um, I feel when people get too preoccupied with labels, they kind of miss a lot of pieces. Um, and that's obviously uh, a huge problem. So it's not so much what you label it, it's how you treat it. Labels are great for organization, but not personalization, shall I say. Um, a little bit about myself in terms of beliefs. Um, I believe that less is best in diagnoses, uh, particularly, say, with computerized psychological testing. It's not been uncommon in my experience to find people with maybe three diagnoses. Um, and as much as I like uh, computerized psychological testing, I'm aware of what the limitations are. And so I think if you're going to use it, you better understand what loads into a question um, rather than just reading a paragraph about a person and assuming they have three diagnoses. I strongly recommend having somebody come in there, a therapist or such, and say, you know, um, in what way is this diagnosis like this and, and do some rule outs. So less is best. I also believe in a good medication management. I, I believe that because I've seen people come out of some pretty tough suicidal uh, spins and medication has definitely made a difference in doing that. Um, another piece that I would say is people would get come to me and they would be on say two antidepressants and two anti-anxiety agents and but the, the bottom line is they weren't feeling better obviously uh, if they were they wouldn't be seeing me uh, so I am not a psychiatrist I do not prescribe medication but I have spent a lot of time in over two decades sitting with people who take medications so I'm pretty familiar with that arena and if you have to be max dosed on something and you still don't feel better, you know, that's a question that you need to take back to your provider and say, you know, um, just to reevaluate that and see. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's not about the medication. It's about the diagnosis. So if medication isn't working, it may not be the med. It may be that the diagnosis is wrong. Um, so with that, I'm going to close out on that. I would also say that agendas and treatment, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I think that people say, well, what's the hardest person to work with? What diagnosis? I say, diagnosis doesn't bother me. Um, what bothers me is defensiveness, okay? Um, defensiveness is probably the toughest um, because people who are defensive usually have, oh, you know, raised in a situation where authority has been really uh, heavy, uh, pretty heavy um, and very critical. So people develop a defensive uh, approach to life, but that's probably the toughest factor to work with that necessarily isn't the client. That may be somebody close to the client. And I will say that, especially um, in working with kids, um, kids are aware of what your agendas are and how you feel about any kind of treatment. Um, a child may, or a young person, may dumb down their symptoms just to please the parent. So please be aware of that, that 
your thoughts about treatment do trickle down to the people around you, whether it's your partner or whether it's your kids or it's your friends, your arena of influence. And if you're not going to be supportive to that, they may not pursue treatment when they need it and or they may develop alternate ways to manage uh, mood symptoms and such. And a lot of times, I think, um, you know, that can be a true hindrance, if not develop into a crisis situation. So I will say, um, if you are that person, please, please really reevaluate that position. If you have questions about mental health, by all means, I think mental health needs to be collaborative. And, and, and by being able to bring in your questions uh, to your therapist and start breaking things down so that you understand them better. Um, therapist, psychiatrist, whomever it may be. Uh, and I think at this point, I am going to close this podcast. I've covered a fair amount of terrain. Um, I can be reached. Uh, I'm Dr. Lauren Goodall at gmail.com. Again, the book is Bipolar is Not an STD and available on Amazon, and hopefully you'll be able to enjoy it enough to take a look at it, and I look forward to having you on board for the next podcast.